I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1937. That was the day victorious West Coast maritime workers ended their 99-day strike. 40,000 members of the Maritime Federation of the Pacific reasserted control of hiring halls and won greater union recognition and wage increases. The Federation was a short-lived coalition to unite longshoremen and seamen that anticipated the rise of the ILWU. Since the 1934 strike, ship owners aimed to break the authority of the union's leader, Harry Bridges. They engaged in relentless red-baiting and deportation drives against Bridges. In the weeks leading up to the strike, ship owners looked to smash the solidarity among seamen and longshoremen through a planned lockout the previous September. They stockpiled their warehouses, built up additional funds, and promoted anti-union hysteria up and down the coast. They entered into talks with the Federation during the summer of 1936, hoping to renegotiate terms originally set by arbitration awards soon to expire. Three main West Coast shipping companies, Matson, Dollar, and American Hawaiian, wanted to reverse earlier agreements regarding the control of the hiring halls. The unions stood strong against this attack on what was a cornerstone of union power. They voted overwhelmingly to strike and walked out on October 30th. As in 1934, the union fought to defend its rights to control the hiring hall. This kind of control was the only mechanism that could prevent favoritism, discrimination, corruption, and payoffs in hiring. In Irving Bernstein's turbulent years, he notes that in addition to the retention of control of the hiring halls, the Federation gained coastwide uniformity in working conditions, in load limits, and standardized rates. The Federation may have been short-lived, but the roots of lasting ILWU power were firmly established.